everybody. This is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can catch me on social media. I'm at Twitter at, at JJ Outlaw. And you can catch me on the Instagrams <laughs> at Gourmet Goober. And it's always this week. I'm happy to be back with my BFF slash hubby um, slash all around that dude, Big Daddy, a.k.a. T Outlaw. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I am once again T Outlaw. You can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw. That's T O U T L A W. And on Instagram at, once again, T Outlaw, Josie Wells. Want, like the movie, The Outlaw, <laughs> Josie Wells. Yes. And we are happy to be back. Um, I know that we took a little bit of a break. Um, and for those of you who heard our last episode, thank you for reaching out. It was a shorter episode that time because we wanted to give ourselves a little chance to do some self-care. That said, we're excited because starting with this podcast, we're going to be going bi-weekly. So every two weeks, you can count on a new episode of the Gourmet Goober dropping on Monday. So we're really super excited about it. Also, really great news as well is that we are a part of a new thing um, recently that's called The Cross Pods. It's a network of podcasters who support each other and um, certainly um, for promotion and other really cool stuff. Um, so if you're interested in advertising on the Gourmet Goober, you can go to thecrosspods.com and you can find how you can sponsor us and be a part of Gooberland, as we lovingly call it. So as we start every podcast, we always like to talk about how our week went. And so Big Daddy, I can honestly say that um, it's been kind of a crazy week, but how was your week so far? Uh, my week was, for the most part, fairly informational, I would say. Uh, I did a lot of training also uh, in at work, and also just in general, I've been doing uh, study on a lot of different subjects, also trying to read more because it's the beginning of summer. But also, uh, for the most part, I've been catching up on a lot of different uh, different TV shows and also catching up on, uh, just random politics, but we're not going to talk about that. But yeah, I think I had a pretty decent week, just took time to try to reinvest in myself, but I feel good. What about you? Well, I've had a really crazy couple weeks, but my week has been going really well. Um, just making adjustments because... As I mentioned in the last episode, our lives are definitely a little different after the change in our family unit um, with the loss of our little one. Um, that said, um, this week, I'm, I'm really excited because at work, I'm working on this new project. The organization I'm working with, they're launching a new um, website. So I got trained on that. So I'm really excited to have those new responsibilities. Um, outside of that, I've been focusing more on taking time to do some self-care. Like you, I wanted to reinvest in myself, um, as you know, it's really important to do. I think after, you know, you go through a loss in your family or just in general, just kind of giving yourself, I always like to call it that space and grace to kind of take care of yourself. So this week I've been focusing on really, um, just kind of reconnecting with things that give me joy. 
Um, one of the things, and I know you and I have talked about it, and I know it's kind of bizarre. So maybe this is like a confession for those who don't know me and listening to the podcast. But These what- are my confessions. <laughs> exactly. But one of the weird things about me, and I know a lot of people may find it strange, but I really love grocery shopping. <laughs> you really... Um... <laughs> Let's take this and unpack it for a second. Jennifer in grocery shopping. Walking behind Jennifer in a grocery store is like watching her go through Oprah's aha moment 237 times. (laughs) She discovers things and has reactions that you would think that she is basically finding little Christmas presents. In every shopping trip, she's really invested in, like, stores that have great produce, great delis. Um, if you have a butcher, you're basically top dog. And, hell, if you have a bakery, you won the lotto, so. <laughs> you know what? I, I was thinking about this the other day because what happened was we decided to go to a little place in northwest Indiana and Munster. And we were going to go for a particular restaurant. Unfortunately, the restaurant had closed, which was sort of a bummer. But as we were there, and we we're just like, oh, there's a really great grocery store in the area that I don't usually make my way out to Munster because it's a little bit of a haul for me. But that said, they have a really great um, Jewel Osco that's, you know, really well stocked and they have a lot of great produce. And, and so I'm like, let's go. And it's full of old folks. <laughs> so we go in here and they freshened up the place since I've been there last. And so I was just like in heaven. I was like, oh my God, they have broccoli. And at one point, I don't know why I got like really excited and they had some Lavazza coffee, which is kind of hard to get where I am. And so <laughs> I literally grabbed it and then looked at Big Daddy and I was like, I'm taking the Lavazza coffee on sale. And then I realized, oh, that wasn't my inside thoughts. I said that outside. Yeah, this is a woman I who... I in the grocery store. She's all excited up in the grocery store, like, you know, singing like Lionel Richie in the middle of owls. I'm sitting here thinking, um, what, 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 what just happened? Is, is, was there like special things in this coffee? He was looking at me like, okay, other people can see you. <laughs> or like in the produce section, they have the most gorgeous crowns of broccoli. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh broccoli. You and- cabbage patched in the produce <laughs> section. Okay, cabbage patch was maybe a little bit of an overdoing it. But yes, I was rather joyful because they had really great broccoli. It wasn't like, you know how sometimes you go to a produce section and they have like really cruddy produce and it's not as firm as it should be and it doesn't have that great green color and i was like yes it looks like it's just picked out of the farmer you know the farm and they brought it over here and i can have broccoli sauteed with garlic and big daddy was just like no one should be this excited over any very much so (laughs) no one should ever be this excited over veggies period no 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 i agree (laughs) you went Way above and beyond the call <laughs> of what the hell. And then, for some reason, in different aisles, 
I would turn to Big Daddy and I'd go, you know what's in a cart? And he would be like, what? Broccoli! <laughs> and I'm thinking, how fast can I find the exits? <laughs> I'm looking for the cashiers to get her out. But yeah, she definitely likes going in different uh, supermarkets of quality yeah. and discovering. You know what it is, though? Because I was wondering about that. Because I was just thinking, that is a very odd thing about me. And I have always looked forward to it. I mean, I just find the whole process of grocery shopping and comparing and figuring out what I'm making. I guess that's why I love cooking so much is because I just find it relaxing to the point where I actually, before my current day job, at my last day job, I worked at... um a social justice retreat center in Chicago. And part of my job was to go grocery shopping for the people who stayed there and everyone else. And we rotated this responsibility out. So it was myself and other directors who worked there and they would be like, Oh my gosh, I have to go grocery shopping. And me in the back of my head, I was like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. <laughs> She's literally <laughs> smiling right now while saying that. I would text the daddy like I'm in Costco. And they have lobster. Would you like lobster? And you'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> where, where are we getting this lobster money first? But two, yeah, she would get excited in Costco. <laughs> she would get excited in Walmart, maybe. She would get excited in, you know, the regular produce market. She would get excited in... A connoisseur, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Basically, this one right here... She she likes green eggs and ham. Yes, she is. Also, I'd like to discover that I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I pretty much I'm going to mark you as the Captain Kirk of supermarkets. <laughs> you are the Voyager, the Enterprise, <laughs> the Deep Space Nine. You basically are the discoverer of supermarkets and shit within supermarkets. And I get so excited about it. Yes, I, I really do. But I figured out actually this week. I figured out why I'm that way. Because when I was a kid, I used to go grocery shopping with my dad all the time. And my father, my father is quite the character if you guys ever have a chance to meet him. So we would go to the grocery store and it was never like a trip to the grocery store. Like we would pass like the seafood section. And if they had like a display with a live lobster, my dad would pretend like the lobster would talk. The lobster always, no matter where we were, the lobster always was named Mr. Claw. And we would go into, like, the, you know, peanut butter section, and he would, like, sing this, like, song he made up about peanut butter. So I think, in my mind, I still have that sense of, ooh, we're going to the grocery store. And I, I know that, going back to the whole subject of self-care, um, I always found that to be an odd thing about myself, like, I didn't realize until I was much older and living on my own that not everyone saw grocery shopping the same way I did. Most people see it's like a chore, like you have to do it. And me like, ooh, they're a new grocery store and I can check it out. Um, but I, I realized that this past couple of weeks that I need to embrace that weird part of myself because it, it is something that, well, one, everyone needs to grocery shop. I mean... Unless you like live on a farm or out in the boonies where you just hunt and gather your stuff. For the most part, most people have to do this as a chore. And if it's something that gives you joy, it's okay to give yourself permission and just have fun with it. Now, 
Should you be singing the word broccoli to your spouse as a way to like show your excitement? Probably not. But then again, I've always embraced the fact that I'm just a quirky word person. But outside of that... Just go ahead and say, it's, <laughs> it's weird, dude. You pretty much, yeah, you pretty much get weird in supermarkets. She it, literally loses her mind in Whole Foods. Yeah. You know, she will go like nuts and create and Trader Joe's. Now, Grant, you know, cookie butter, I'm down with. At the same time, everything past that is just, um, yeah, it's a party for her. To me, it's, I pretty much, I, I think my get over is like, if I can introduce her to these places and then try to, you know, keep her from like losing her ever loving mind in there. <laughs> I feel I've done my job as a husband and friend. Well, look at it this way. At least that's the one thing that you don't have to do chore-wise, because I'm very territorial about me grocery shopping. Although, to be fair... Oh, to be fair, don't... (laughs) You never send me to the grocery store, because you know I'm like... You're terrible at it. Yeah, I will never find anything. Okay, all right. Story time, okay? Story time. (laughs) So, when we were first married... And we lived in a suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I don't see you to the grocery store is one day I wasn't feeling well. And I was home from work sick. And I was going to go online um, and buy groceries, I think, from like Peapod or some, you know, shop from home grocery thing where you shop and they bring you your food. Mm-hmm. And my, my hubby, Big Daddy, you know, he was just like, oh, don't worry. I can do it. All right, fine. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this covered. You just get to mats. Give me a list. So I gave him a list. Okay. The lists were four pages long. Okay. Four page list. Big Daddy comes back with four bags. And I was like, where are all the groceries? Oh, I got them. You got four pages worth of stuff and four bags? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So then I would look in the bag and there'd be like stuff in it that I never even asked for. And at one point I sent him to this particular grocery store because we both love lamb chops, right? And they had lamb chops on sale, but you weren't even looking for lamb. You were looking for veal. Veal wasn't even on the list. And you're just like, yeah, and I couldn't find where the veal was. And I'm like, I couldn't find the lamb. So I just substituted veal in my head. Right, and I was just like, well, first of all, never asked you for veal. And, mm-hmm. and how did this stuff get on the list? Now, to be fair, you actually went to a store, because where we lived, there was a store that was a really great grocery store. They had beautiful produce and really inexpensive, you know, meat. And they had this expanded international food section, because I always love that, because you never know. You'll always find really cool things that you've never knew before in an international food section. Only you. Oh, come on. You get excited about it. But you you felt you felt intimidated because the grocery store I sent you to, um, not everyone spoke English. And you felt a little uncomfortable asking where things were. Yeah, I'm an Americanized guy. Like trying, I, I'm not asking for directions or where shit is. I'm like, well. Um, and that's true. You wouldn't have asked that no matter nope. where. What grocery store I sent you. Gotcha. You probably wouldn't ask for that. But I was just like, I don't, after that, and it was really early in our marriage, I was just thinking, I will never send you to the grocery store again. 
And I won. <laughs> so what? Did you do that because you didn't want to go? Because you offered to go. That was your thing. Yes, Because you were just like, oh, we don't want to pay for the delivery. I can go. <laughs> yeah, I did, hey, I did it my way. <laughs> I got my chips and my veal and no one was the wiser. Yes. So uh-huh. now I do all the grocery shopping, which makes me happy. And I sit in the cut. And it's kind of sad because seriously, I, if I get out of a grocery store and if I manage to get out of a grocery store, like a really nice one in less than an hour, then I, then that's kind of a miracle. Cause for me, I'm like poking in the new stuff. And like I said, like, for example, this international, um, or this jewel off school we went to in Munster, they had this really great international section. So I was able to get some pho. Um, oh. Pho. Oh. <laughs> you know, the Vietnamese noodle soup. And I got, um, and it was delicious, by the way, let me just say. And they had like a lot of like coffees and things like they had bin- beignet mix and stuff from the Cafe du Monde that's hard to find. And so, yeah, I can just lose myself in a grocery store. It's kind of sad, but. She hits grocery stores <laughs> like she hits Ikeas. <laughs> hey, you're the king of Ikeas. I'm the king of going in and buying useless stuff. No, no, no. No, don't don't say that. Because remember when I used to go on business trips and I would come back and there would be like new stuff in our house, our apartment all the time from Ikea. Let me tell you about my concept in Ikea. It was basically about concepts of things I can put in the house that can, like, save space. And the, the concept in Ikea was great. By the time I had to put it together, that concept went straight to pot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, why the hell did I buy this? <laughs> and it would be so endearing, because I would come back, and I would be like, what is this? No, 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 no. I can put together this wine, this wine bottle display holder. You'll be fine. We'll be able to have that. Well, we don't actually drink wine. No, no, no. But we can use it for soda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, we can. (laughs) Then I figured out that it doesn't hold two liters. I guess it it should have (laughs) But it held wine bottles. Well, I guess I just got to put my soda and wine bottles in. (laughs) Okay. Hack. There we go. But you know what? I would never judge you because just like the grocery store gave me joy. Give me joy. Your trips to Ikea, even though you would never admit it, gives you joy. And so that's what self-care is about. Even if you go walking or you join a club or, you know, you pick up and start reading again or go on grocery shopping at a new grocery store, whatever your your happy point is, you know, finding your happy point is so very key. Which, speaking of happy point, can we share... The thing that I showed you that made you instantly happy, and that is like your new thing about corn dogs. Corn dogs. Corn dogs of all things. <laughs> and what might that be? No, no, it was that meme about corn dogs. And what did the meme say? About calling corn dogs meat Twinkies. Ah, uh, yes, meat <laughs> Twinkies. Oh my gosh, you would think Hercules, that- Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> I heard about meat Twinkies. <laughs> That is the greatest name for corn dogs ever. 
I think I should call Stephen Smith. We're going to refer to corn dogs from now on as meat Twinkies because that's what I think they are now. They have changed names. They are now meat Twinkies. I am good. First of all, my my husband has an obsession with corn dogs. He loves corn dogs. Okay. Can, like, I, can I say where I got the, the corn dog thing from? Sure, I'd love to hear okay, that. Okay, I was, I was <laughs> late to the party with this. <laughs> but this is actually funny. I like to give credit to, of all people, Jay Leno. Jay Leno? Some, Jay Leno. Okay. I knew I was kind of late to the party. You know, like as a kid, I grew up and I ate, you know, hot dogs, burgers, stuff like that. And I was never really into, you know, hot dogs on a stick. I was just... I'm used to like hot dogs and you know bun and everything, but I'm watching a Tonight Show episode, and there was this running gag. Apparently, I believe it was in 2001. This is how late I came to this party. Um, when he and his band mate, or I'm sorry, his band leader, uh, Kevin, uh, had this thing going where Kevin, who was from Philly was a big 76ers fan, and Jay, who taped in L.A., uh, was big with the Lakers. So uh, apparently that year they played the the Lakers and 76ers played in the finals. So they made a bet, and Leno said to Kevin that if the Sixers won, I think they would have some kind of vegan or something, cheesesteak or something, or some kind of vegan meal. Whereas if the Lakers won, this is Jay's bet, that he had to on um, stage partake of an American corn dog, which I don't think Kevin was down for. So, but he agreed to the bet. Now, granted, what hype this deal was, of course, the Lakers did begin their three-peat or something. Uh by winning and overtaking Allen Iverson and the 76ers. And who delivers the corn dogs? Lakers forward Rick Fox. That's right. Holla at your boy, <laughs> Ricky Fox. So Kevin, you know, on camera had to partake of or take a bite out of a, and a corn dog and thus began my fascination right then and there with corn dogs. So wait a minute. Meet Twinkies. When I met you, Way before that time, shall we say. Mm -hmm. At that point in your life, you had never had a corn dog? Yes. One of the things oh you're going to hear. One of the things you're going to come across recurring in this. <laughs> uh, a recurring theme, as you would say, within this podcast. Uh, from way back when on forward is the fact that I came across certain things pretty early in life. But a lot of things that maybe a lot of people have partaken of. When they were younger, I just never got into, or I never ate. Yeah, like the time that I realized, what was it, four years ago? Mm -hmm. Or four or five years ago, up to that point, you had never tried a Pop-Tart. And I was like, how did you grow up in the 80s and never have a damn Pop-Tart? Pop-Tarts were everywhere! Yeah, my sister <laughs> ate Pop-Tarts when she was younger. I just never did. No, there were a whole lot of things. Like, remember the fluffy nutter? Yes. Yeah, never had a fluffy nutter sandwich or whatever, anything like that. Yeah, never had one of those. 
Well, to be fair, Fluffinutter is kind of a regional thing. Well, yeah. I know okay. a lot of people who've never had a Fluffinutter, but a Pop-Tart, that's like saying you've never had Tang. That's just kind of like, if you grew up back then, like, literally Pop-Tarts and Tang were everywhere. At least it was when I was growing up. I mean, they had them in school. I was shocked because we went to the same college, and I know they have Pop-Tarts there in the lunchroom because, you know, in the cafeteria because we ate there together. I I, you watched me eat Pop Tarts in college. It doesn't mean I've never seen one. I just never <laughs> ate it. So of course, when he told me that, I was like, "Okay, we're dropping everything. We're going to have you try a Pop Tart." Mm-hmm. And we went to the store, and I got like the un my favorite Pop Tart, which is the um the plain strawberry one, the one that doesn't have like the frosting on it, so it's the unfrosted strawberry one. Yes, in <laughs> You were not a fan. No. <laughs> and I, I think give... that's the last time you had a Pop-Tart, honestly. No, I, I think you did get me a... I think it was like a chocolate-ish Pop-Tart. Yes. I think, yeah, that pretty much brought my count in life to two. <laughs> but I never knew that you never had a corn dog until 2000. No, I shouldn't say that. No, I won't. Oh, excuse me. I know my memory is only so big, but... I think before that point, I may have eaten a corn dog, but it wasn't a thing for me. Maybe at that point, maybe I've had maybe two, three corn dogs in life, just you know, by going to a, a county fair of some kind. But no, never was in the corn dogs until after, yeah, that point in two thousand one, and then now with. Meat Twinkies. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah, we're gonna bring meat Twinkies to the forefront. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm taking that to the party. Yeah, every time you see me, you are gonna see me with a meat Twinkie. Because <laughs> meat Twinkies, we in now. The funny thing about you not eating a corn dog before then is twofold. One, when I was a child, because I was, I'm the oldest of four, mm-hmm. and my parents, they both were extraordinarily busy. My mother was a nurse. My dad worked in construction. So, you know, they have crazy hours. Um, He was a cement mason. So we always had corn dogs in the house because it was something easy that we could make and you could put in the oven and not burn down the house. And so we were, we ate, I ate so many corn dogs that for years after I moved out, when I got grown, I didn't touch one. So the idea of someone never having a corn dog, it's like foreign to me as a child. Mm-hmm. Away I grew up. But then two, when I say that my husband loves corn dogs, I'm not even kidding. Like when we go to the grocery store, like you have your own kind that you want. You really, to make you happy, you love the mini corn dogs, which is hard to find. Yes. And the whole idea was just like, wow, to have that in place and to never try one until 2001. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, that is true. Shout out to uh, State Farm. I'm sorry, State Fair, not State Farm, uh, <laughs> for your brand of corn dogs. Well, Matt, you want to like make the uh, the mini corn dog uh, boxes uh, more available to a brother? Because you know, I got to stock up. You know, never know when winter is coming. But yeah, I like mini corn dogs. But in absentia, definitely a hot dog on a stick. Thus. Or corn dog, thus meat Twinkies is my jam. Damn. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
everyone listening to the podcast. Henceforth, in Gooberland, <laughs> the um, little nickname we give our podcast and to everyone who listens to it. Um, henceforth, if you hear us refer to the word meat Twinkies, we're really talking about corn dogs. Or if you're thinking about calling me up, texting me, tweeting me about corn dogs, you shall now have them <laughs> yeah. only referred to as meat Twinkies. Twinkies. So, yes. So that was our week. The craziness of me finding reconnecting with a grocery store that gave me joy and had me singing about broccoli and my husband discovering the word meat Twinkies and deciding it is the greatest, most incredible thing he has ever heard. <laughs> I think I heard like her jam was the most healthy thing of broccoli. With, and the know, coffee. Thing, I got know. really excited over oh, the box of coffee. <laughs> She was doing the coffee to keep us alive. You know, keep us alive because if she goes without coffee, there will be issues. But for me, my decadence was not the healthy one. It's the corn dog. Naked meat Twinkies. Ted out. You know, you eat so much meat Twinkies. <laughs> oh my God, you have me saying it now. You eat so many meat Twinkies. Seriously, Steve Fair, if you're listening, I'm never one to solicit a sponsor, but seriously, on the real, you should you should produce like a brand of <laughs> I don't know if you can do it because of licensing issues with the hostess company, but if you could produce a box that says meat twinkies, my husband will be the perfect spokesperson. <laughs> I will stand there with a smile on my face. Now in the new bowl, meat twinkies. <laughs> I am holding and waving out my hand. I will be your Miss America Meat Twinkies. <laughs> I am your Vanna White of Meat Twinkies. I will make a deal with your Meat Twinkies. Let me be your Meat Twinkie Man. I will do your commercials. I will be the Tidy Bowl Meat Twinkie Man. Okay. I am your Get Down Twinkie <laughs> Meat Twinkie Connoisseur. I will partake. I will sit in a cafe with one little pinky finger up in the air, demonstrating my love for meat Twinkies. I am the meat Twinkie dude. That dude, meat Twinkie dude. That's me. I'm your guy. So on that note, as you can tell, we are back to our normal selves. So apparently yeah, we're lit. a couple of weeks of self-care has done us good. So we're going to take a break, not to partake of meat Twinkies, but just to take a break. And when we return, we'll talk about some of the pop culture things that we noticed from the week. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Batshuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us on Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you'll get your podcasts. So turn on the lights. Grab a blanket and some rock salt. And, and let's, let's get, get dark. dark. 
Hey guys, we are back. Welcome back to the Gourmet Goober. Back on the Goob. <laughs> and before we get started, just as a reminder, if there's anything you heard on the Goob and you wanted to follow up with us, you can tweet me um, at JJ Outlaw. You can tweet Big Daddy at T Outlaw. And you can, if you could use hashtag the Goob, T H A G O B, that'll give us a chance to find your comment. We maybe read it on the show. She's really special about that, hey. <laughs> so we are actually recording. Um, as I stated before, um, we are moving to bi-weekly. And one of the things that we're committing to is you'll have a new episode of The Gourmet Goober every two weeks on a Monday. That's when we chose the drop of the new podcast episodes. Mm. And so by the time you heard this, we will officially be in summer. I'm so excited. It's the first day of summer. First um, days of summer. I'm a big fan of summer. You know, I was born <laughs> in winter. Although, I gotta be honest, um, we live in Chicagoland, and it has not felt like summer in days. Like, it's been in the 50s and 60s. I wore, like, sweater and a jacket. Um, now, there are people doing a little bit of overkill wearing, like, a scarf and, like, a coat. I saw in my commute to work. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> That maybe was a bit much, only because we live in Chicagoland, so we know, what cold, we know what cold is. Yes. That said, even though it doesn't feel like summer, uh, there have been some signs that summer has returned, so we're really super excited about that. So, for example, if you live where we live, one of the sure si- um, surefire ways to know it's summertime is that the Dairy Queens are open back up. And for those of you who are maybe listening in different parts of the country... Um, of course, we know there are Dairy Queens that are open year-round. Brazers. Um, we lovingly call them Brazers. I don't know if they call them that anymore, but back in the day, if you got a Dairy Queen that served more than just, like, the soft serve and the other um, frozen goodies, um, if they served food, those were called Brazers. And Brazers are open all, all year-round. And by food, I define it as more than just... Like hot dogs, right? I mean, you usually get like burgers and fries and all that good stuff at the Dairy Queen Brazier joints. But where we live um, in the Chicagoland area that we live in, the Dairy Queens are only open seasonally. So you know that it's summertime in our area when people hit the Dairy Queen. And so today we went to the Dairy Queen for the first time um, this season, which was awesome. I got one of my new faves, which is a misty cherry misty freeze. So it's like a cherry slush with like a vanilla soft serve blended in. It was amazing. Did you get brain freeze? No, I did not actually. Okay. I paced myself, so I know how to do it just right. She held back. <laughs> I held back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it's just a really great time for that. Um, and of course, you know, we live near the beach, so summertime for us also means seeing people roll by Lake Michigan, and it's exciting to see everyone head out that way and have cookouts and listen to some jams. Um, what, what usually means summer to you? You grew up in this area, right? So you probably know Mm -hmm. this better than I do as far as what does it mean when summer returns to like the Chicagoland area and stuff like that? I mean, growing up around here for the most part, it's like everywhere else. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you get time at the, uh, 
the beach, you know, because there's a beach around us, you know. It doesn't necessarily mean, like, me jumping in there going swimming. But for the most part, just being able to, like, go out to the beach to be around the area. That means, you know, the kids are out playing. They're prepping themselves, you know, getting armed up with all the massive amounts of fireworks in this area. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every few... It's so funny because over the border, they, they're they not allowed to buy fireworks. Correct. But where we live... And, and let me just say, it's kind of weird because where we live is a space that's commonly known as the region. The right? region. The region. You have to say it with extra bass in your voice. <laughs> the region. Yes. <laughs> so the region is actually a weird space. Does it include Chesterton? If you wanted to, but it's basically Lake and Porter County, Indiana. So it's like Lake and Porter County, Indiana. And the best way I can explain it is most everyone knows Indiana for various reasons. But in the region, the region isn't considered part of Indiana, even though technically that is where we are geographically. I pay Indiana state taxes. Damn well recognize me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Come tax time. We are Indiana people. (laughs) Okay. There's no denying that. We're Hoosiers. But the weird thing is, from everything that we consume from, like, local media and our television stations and whatnot, we are considered Chicago. So it's to the point now where I always have to remind myself (laughs) that I don't live in the city. Mm-hmm. So when Chicago just recently got a new mayor, um, Mary Laura Lightfoot, shout out to her. She made history as the first black woman and the first openly lesbian woman as well to become mayor of Chicago, which is really exciting to see that change. Mm-hmm. But when she got elected, I was like partying like she was my mayor. <laughs> so my husband's like, you know, you don't live in Chicago, right? You didn't vote for her. That's not any of yours. <laughs> But I'm just like, oh, yeah. And all the time we, like, read the newspaper and every so often we'll hear something crazy coming down from the rest of Indy because the thing about Northwest Indiana, we, because we align ourselves in Chicago, like, the mindset, like, we're not as conservative as they are in um, Indianapolis. Take that as you will. We're not going to get into a political debate. But obviously there's a difference of how people interact with each other here than where I grew up with in Indianapolis for various things. But it's so funny because sometimes I'll just like, look at that and like, Oh my God, what the hell is going on in Indiana? And then my mom will be like, you live here, fool. <laughs> that's you too. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah. Summer is just uh, about exploring different places, you know, Checking out different parts of the region and outside of, but also the taste uh, of Chicago's back. Woo-hoo! The taste of Chicago in Chicago, but festivals, <laughs> festivals, but also uh, there are a lot of car shows around here, and just general like uh, you'll have a lot of you know different restaurants that will have patronage by you know some of the motorcycle you know clans and. A lot of the old-fashioned uh, car enthusiasts. Some of the, you know, they've even had, uh, as I've noticed, like uh, some of the kids have brought their, you know, 
pumped up bikes and scooters, you know, and they hang out at different restaurants and, you know, they get to entertain us with summer music. But oh. for the most part, summer is just summer. Nice. Hey, speaking of music, because mm-hmm. summer music, oh my God, I was just thinking about that because at once I was kind of toying with the whole idea of maybe we could like play some summer jams to the podcast today. But then I thought, uh, we don't have the whole licensing money thing worked out. <laughs> yeah, like my checking and my savings <laughs> don't quite go together yet on that. We need a few more sponsors to do that. But in terms of music, like, of course, everyone's seminal summertime beat that it just comes with the whole thing, of course, is DJ Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince Summertime. Yes. That is, like, my penultimate, like, when you hear the summer solstice hitting, you just want to, like, crank that up and play it no matter where you are, because that's, like, the official start of summer. Or you could be old like me and listen to, you know, the OJs, like, you know, Sun Breeze, Make Me Feel Fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Got some Frankie Bedley and Mays, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just taking it back old school. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The old man grumps like, let me me get my cane out. Yeah, that's me. Well, you know, the coolest part of summer, I think, of course, being where we are, being near the beach, it is impossible to drive by um, the beach and the Indiana Dunes and hanging out there without seeing a cookout. And so that's like the very best part, I think, of the summer and just connecting with your friends. We're very lucky to live in a space that our neighbors are just great. And because of where we live, your neighbors have known yourself, known you forever. Yeah. And so, you know, cookouts are a real thing. And of course, all the good stuff that comes with cookouts, you know, the burgers, the ribs, the chicken. <laughs> Burgers, the ribs, the chickens, the pork steaks, the the sausages, the brats. The brats. <laughs> yeah, gotta bring those. Also, I'm a big fan of smoking, so thus, there are other things that get thrown on. Basically, if you think you can smoke it, I'm throwing it on there. You know, damn it, I'll put a pizza on that bad boy if I think I can get that, that bread smoked right. Wood oven. Deep dish. I handle things, you know, I'll throw some, you know, some pork chops on there because, you know, Big Daddy, when he gets on the grill, he gets a little crazy. (laughs) You know, one thing that will not be included, apparently, by some people is um, veggie burgers. Veggie burgers. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) Did you hear this? So there is this pastor um, that goes by the name of Rick Riles. And first of all, let me just take a side note, because in our pop culture section, of course, we've talked about some of the things that kind of or is eating us this week. That's why we call it what's eating us. Mm-hmm. So this particular person that I'm about to talk to is a pretty awful person. I just want to say, I mean, I don't say that very often about people, but what does he, he do to get you to the point where yeah, he's, he's awful? Well, he's gone on the record and said some things that are anti-Semitic. He said things that um, that is Islamophobic. I mean, he's not a very welcoming person, in my opinion. So even though we're okay. laughing at him, make no mistake, he is not a very nice person. I mean, okay. according to the Anti-Defamation Def- Defamation League, he's also said some very horrible anti-LBGTQ messaging. I mean, he's not a joyful person. In so my he's opinion. an equal opportunity idiot. 
Yes, but that said, apparently, if we throw an Impossible Burger in with our other stuff on, you know, when it comes to the cookouts this summer, apparently we are going to hell. And it's kind of terrible. (laughs) Okay, now. Which is funny, because I know a lot of vegan Christians from the place I used to work at. I don't know if they know they're bringing on the apocalypse. Maybe we should tell them. (laughs) Yeah, I admit, okay, I'm a, I'm a carnivore. I like meat with everything, and I have, as of yet, my lips have never parsed a, an impossible burger. Yeah, I've partaken of different plant-based uh, materials, but no. But I, I, I get the point of, like, being a fan of meat, but not, like, publicly, like, denouncing the gestation of the anti-meat. But, yeah, what exactly did this guy say or do? Well, Wiles believes that people will soon not even be given the choice of eating real or meatless food. And he thinks that um, stuff like Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers and Black Bean Burgers, which have existed forever. But he thinks it's actually something that's been created by people who worship Satan and they want to alter DNA. So this is what he said. So he recently, he has like this video um, show or this podcast program. I'm not going to say the name. You can Google it. I'm not going to give that man any extra clicks. Okay. Because again, he's not a nice person. But he said, when you go to your favorite fast food restaurant, you're going to be eating a fake burger. You're going to go to the grocery store and buy a pound of fake hamburger or fake steak. And you won't even know it's grown in some big corporation's laboratory. And he said that God is watching these Luciferians destroy the earth, destroy the animal kingdom, destroy the plant kingdom, change people DNA, human DNA, rather. Why? Because if you change DNA, they can't be born again. (laughs) Okay. So, of course, I read this as I strolled out of White Castle because I was craving one of their Impossible Burger sliders, which, by the way, low-key, as a side note, they are hella good. I mean, far be it for me to tell you what to eat. And we tried to institute a meatless Monday, which sometimes didn't fall into Monday, which causes issues. But we're not going to go into that. <laughs> meatless Mondays. We'll talk about that at some point in life. <laughs> Look, but <laughs> as long as we eat one meatless meal, because overall, going meatless is a good idea, uh, or at least reducing your meat consumption, because it's better for the environment, because... You know, raising cattle and things like that take take an incredible toll on our resources in terms of space and water and all of that good stuff. But yes, we will talk about that for a later time because Big Daddy's looking at me like, I'm like, and I'm not asking you to like give up meat altogether because I'm sorry, I love bacon. Bacon is really great. (laughs) I'm clutching my pearls right now. He is holding his chest like I just literally told him that (laughs) we're never eating meat again. But on the other hand, I mean, it's a responsible thing to do. And honestly, I kind of see it as an extension of my faith in a certain way because we're supposed to be stewards of the earth. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, the good book says we're supposed to do. And so having a meatless Monday makes sense. But in his idea, you know, eating anything vegan other than you know, meat, and you're basically, like, going to hell. So, of course, I'm, like, eating this Impossible Burger or enjoying the Impossible Burger that you hooked me up with from Wahlburgers earlier um, last week, and I was just thinking, dag, man, I had no idea. I'm, like, 
I just thought I was doing something smart for the environment and skipping meat every once in a while. But apparently we can't be born again or can't go to heaven if you eat meat. So, or eat, you know, anything other than meat. No, hot dogs go to heaven. I guess not. <laughs> no, I, 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 I guess I'm like, I, I know your little sermon, this gentleman's sermon was, uh, I, I see where you were trying to go with it, but it, you went way, 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 way uh, past the point of where the hell you really meant to go with it. Now, I'm not jumping into religion, that being, because, hell, I admit, I like, I like meat. We get this. That being said, and yes, with the Meatless Mondays, I agree to them because, as we know, you have to do good things for your health every once in a while so that's my concession that being said my take on this is dude you took it too far i'm not trying to guess where i'm going to heaven with but i i know that i'm gonna have a sandwich in my hand but (laughs) i also believe that you know if i wasn't eating the fries that went with them or by substitution you know if there was some corn uh sorry some carrot sticks with that I still believe I'm going to heaven. I like to believe I'm in good shape. <laughs> you just took it a wee bit off the scale. Okay, and to be fair, we know that not all listeners are people of faith, and so and not all listeners believe in heaven. So no matter what your idea of the afterlife may be, or even if you don't think there's an afterlife at all, and you just go back into the ground, first of all, do you. There's no judgment on my part, and I think that that, is perfectly fine no matter what. It's just that this is me saying that perhaps you may not want to listen to Mr. Wiles and just enjoy your impossible burger and live your life. But when I saw that, I texted Big Daddy. I was just like, this is taking it to the extreme. And no, you can't use what he said to get out of Meatless Monday. So don't even try. Yeah, don't think I'm going to try, but okay, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for when I'm desperate. I'm, like, you know, How desperate do you that, have to be to think that a, an occasional veggie burger is going to bring on the apocalypse? Okay, yeah, for those who have fake bacon, you're going to bring on the apocalypse. Okay. I partake in meatless monies, but, you know, if I'm desperate enough on, like, you know, Carnivore Tuesday... <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but no, I haven't reached that point yet. (laughs) Well, good. Well, speaking of the cookout, another thing that will not be welcome in the cookout apparently is writer and media personality Anna Maria Cox. And if you guys know her, um, actually, I followed her work. She's actually really brilliant. She's a political writer. She got her start famously enough um, being in charge of the blog that you guys may have heard about called Wonkat. And so now she's actually, um, I forget which network, but she's on television sometimes um, doing political commentary. Okay. Why is she not invited to the cookout? (laughs) Well, recently, Anna Maria actually tweeted out something that sort of became viral for reasons that I don't think she counted on. So basically what happened was that she tweeted recently about an encounter she had in a public bathroom where a woman shamed her for not washing her hands after using the bathroom. So what she said was, I was running late to the studio, but had to stop in the business restroom to use the loo. And then she said in huge capital letters, 
And because of the lateness, I went straight from the stall to the door. A woman walking out at the same time turns around as we leave and said, you're so you're not going to wash your hands. She goes on to say, I'm a grown ass woman with 46 years of experience on this earth. And this has not happened to me once. She continued, I wish I had the present in mind to tell her that I'd love to chat, but I'm due in surgery. But instead, I just gawked at her and said, I'll wash them later. Because, again in capital letters, I usually do, she added, with the emphasis on usually. Cox went on to state, um, according to the Daily Doc, that she had never encountered this woman in her life. And she wondered why she thought it would be a good idea to confront her about not washing her hands. She made a big deal about it, too. She said, I'm pretty sure she can't be from Minnesota um, because Minnesota. I don't know what she's implying there. People in Minnesota don't wash their hands. I don't, I don't get it. Okay. But basically, she put this out and it was clear from the way that the tweet was written that she intended this for a way to kind of shame the lady into being all of in her business. But instead, the response she got was just like, child, what's wrong with you? Touching the doors and all that stuff. And shaking hands in the studio. And not washing your hands! <laughs> hmm. And so, the whole idea was, you know, she goes on, she even later tweeted, oh, well, I had hand sanitizer, which she didn't mention before in the previous tweets. But two, girl, it only takes like 30 seconds to wash your hands. And so, I, I when I read the tweet, I was just like lost and thinking, you know, she'll leave the bathroom. She's going away to the studio. She'll probably shake some hands of the production crew and all of those people. Not washing her hands once. And two things. I tweeted, I texted Big Daddy. I was like, okay, one, we got to talk about this on the podcast because you. But then secondly, oh, old girl is not allowed at the cookout. <laughs> Can you imagine? We're having a potluck dinner. Okay. What are you bringing, Mr. Cameraman? Oh, I'm bringing chips. What about you, Mr. Studio Producer? I'm bringing, let's say, ribs or burgers. Anna Maria, what are you, what are you bringing? Oh, no, no, Anna Maria, you're fine. Just bring hand sanitizer. Lots and lots of hand sanitizer. <laughs> but she eventually <clears throat> deleted it. And it was kind of funny because... It was clear that her intention was to shame the woman who, you know, spoke up and said, hey, maybe you should, like, you know, handle your business before you leave this bathroom. But it was clear that I don't think that she got the larger issue of, you know, maybe cleanliness is sort of an important thing. <laughs> no. You want to hear something kind of funny? What's that? The thing was, at first, when we first, was when this was brought to my attention, I was very reticent about, you know, you come across people every day, and I mean, like, hundreds and hundreds of people, whether you really, into, like, you come face-to-face -face with them, or, like, they just came before you, and you just, like, came across, uh, just passed them in the bathroom, or you came after them, before them, in certain areas, the common touch. At first, I was, like, on board with what you were saying. And, um, for the most part, still in that group. 
that believes that, yeah, just for the hell of it, wash your hands, wash your, you know, try to get scrub underneath your fingernails and whatever as much as you can. Even if that includes, yeah, just doing a quick scrub and then the hand sanitizer, I'm with you. Because, yeah, you just never know what the next person may bring to the party and it could be sickening. The thing is, right now, I have not completely changed my mind on that, but I, I think in this case with Miss Cox, I'm not actually against it in part because really? here's the thing. For those who have deadlines, let's be honest, or you're trying to get from train to uh, stairwell or bus, or you, like we said, you, you're in a studio or you're in a space and you have a deadline or you have somewhere to be immediately and you don't have time to do things. Sometimes people do things that you may not be comfortable with or maybe you are a little comfortable with because you just figured, damn it, I just had to do it. But yeah, I would make that a habit. My thing is, yeah, sometimes we all do things. We scratch our, our rear ends before I have to do whatever. We do things we're maybe not proud of, but I understand. Sometimes you, those are just things that occur. Why would you put it out there publicly to shame the other person now? There's, say, I'm a business. <laughs> I Which mean, is, yeah, I, yeah, seriously, I what? Tweet, debate, no. I mean, have we all done things that we, you know, like, say, for instance, we're running late or something, or like, okay, there is a train station nearby where we live that mm-hmm. is notorious for not having um, soap in their bathrooms. No, yes. no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And I always try to avoid going to the bathroom at this one particular train station, but sometimes you just can't help it. Mm-hmm. And But then in my knapsack of stuff that I bring with me when I commute, I usually have like hand sanitizer or soap for that reason. It's different than just like willfully like not doing it. But I just think in terms of other people, I mean, I get what you're saying, but just like, how easy it is to get other people sick. Like, remember when I first started my new job and I got horribly sick that one, like when I first started commuting, because mm-hmm. I hadn't been on public transportation in forever and I forgot to bring the hand sanitizer with me. And I don't know, I must have touched something that was like just a few, you know, antibodies shy of the bubonic plague. Because I was, like, horribly sick to the point where I was like, damn, I'm going to have to quit my job because I can't make it into work. So when you think about that, you have to be mindful, even though, yes, there is a deadline. But then there is a responsibility I think we all hold just to keep each other, you know, healthy. It's like people who refuse to vaccinate their kids, Mm -hmm. not realizing that there are other people that you come in contact with who don't have strong immunity system and you're exposing them to getting sick. I'm one of them. Yes. So, I mean, on one hand, you know, am I saying that, you know, she's like a totally gross human being? 
No. In fact, if I ever met Anna Maria Cox, I will probably be in awe because, again, I've liked her work and I've read her blog and stuff like that. Maybe part of the reason why I'm in my feelings is because, again, the way that she just put it out there to the point where she was clearly trying to shame the woman who who may have just been asking, like, dude, um, maybe you should wash your hands. And I have been in situations before where I've seen people, like, leave um, the bathroom and head out, and it's kind of like a horrifying thing. And, <laughs> you know, those are the same spaces that I'm sure to use a paper towel to open up the door because you just don't know, even if you wash your hands, whose hands touch the door, apparently. But So, I mean, I, I, I guess I get it. And do I still think that she's, you know, do I think she's a horrible human being? No. Would you shake her hand? Um. If you did come across her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, would you? Yeah, but I have hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. No, I, uh, I do admit, yeah. It would be a little hard. <laughs> but yes, I uh I'm cool with it. But yeah, I get I get your point. I get, you know, there are a lot of people I come across who will leave the room uh with a quickness uh after doing things in the restroom, but they yeah, they don't wash their hands and yeah, does it bug me a little bit? Yeah. Do I like be careful when leaving the room? Yes. That being said, sometimes you just gotta do things that you don't think about. I'm not running the Twitter with it. Or, you know, I'm not Snapchatting that crap up. Well, you know what? That will also require me to be on Snapchat, but don't go look for me because you ain't gonna find me. Well, that said, <laughs> I too carry hand sanitizer, especially after catching the the mother of all like viruses. The rhino, f- yeah, you you caught the rhino, the buffalo, the elephant, the watusi. I caught the I whole this. zoo that time. Yeah, it was you, to the yeah. point where I was like, "You came to me," and I still went to work, which is probably just as bad as not washing hands. And I think about it, but I had no sick days, and I was just getting started. And my boss was out, and I had a grant due, and I literally just started. And I was just like, "Well, crap! I guess I'll have to go in." <laughs> so now when I think about it, I'm probably just as bad as her in a way. Um, the Daily Dot pointed out something I think is interesting. The, the protect, perplexing thing about the whole deep ordeal is it probably took her three times as long to type the tweet because it was a long tweet as opposed to she could have just washed her hands and be done with it. Well, technically true. We don't know when she typed this. So, you know... And if you think about all the things you touch, like the door, the phone, your mm-hmm. phone, your phone, <laughs> other people, you touch the monitors in the in the room. Yeah. Yeah, the desk. <laughs> so the associate producer, oh. the managing editor. Okay, stop. <laughs> the I'm guy just... who cleaned the toilets right after that. My, my my brother Freddie. So maybe the moral of the story, if you're going to do that, and no one can stop you, because the whole thing was she was just like, I'm a grown woman, and I choose not to do this. Okay, fine. Just maybe to, well, you know what? I was going to say maybe keep it to yourself, but maybe she did us all a service and just let us know that sometimes she doesn't wash her hands. 
So again, maybe when I meet her, I'll do a fist bump. <laughs> I'm gonna do a fist bump. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna do like air you know, hallelujahs, air hugs. Or we'll be like Regine on Living Single and just do air smooches. Yes. <laughs> I'm down with it. <laughs> well, the last thing we wanted to talk about was actually something that you brought my attention to, which I think is hysterical. What and was that? It was the Mr. Peanut shoes. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about me twinkies again. Yes, the Mr. Peanut shoes. Well, no, I told you about the the meat Twinkie, because it was actually a meme, people, so just so you know. But just so you know, Mr. Peanut, who is the brand um, sponsor, I mean, the brand spokesperson for, wow, as long as that's been around? Yeah, Mr. Peanut has been the representative for a long Of Planters Peanut, yeah. Yes. Well, Planters had announced from June 18th through June 21st, sneakerheads can actually pre-order their own pair of the Crunch Force, which is their own special blue, yellow, black, and orange Mr. Peanut-inspired pair of sneakers. So it's made with, quote-unquote, premium leather. They're adorned with the mascot's monocle, smiling face, color scheme, and the word Planters written across the back. Now, mm-hmm. they were actually the creators of sneaker designer and artist Jeff Cole and Self Fowler, and they are actually produced by some company called Richie Range. And it's hilarious. You can actually Google it. Um, the shoe is actually called the Crunch Force One, okay? And it's a limited edition shoe. Get to crunching in my ears. Crunch <laughs> Ones. So... Guess mm-hmm. how much you're if you wanted to rock your own pair of Crunch Force Run. Okay. Do you no, remember sure. how much it costs to buy a pair? No, I'm sure it was worth a pretty <clears throat> penny, but uh, how much was it? It was $170, my man. $170? Yep. I could go, you know, like George Washington Carver, I could go build me some sneakers. For <laughs> you, first of all, that's a lot of money to spit on some buddies. <laughs> Well, I ain't gonna necessarily call them buddies at the same time. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I'm like, I can go get me a, you know, a whole another pair of LeBrons or something for that. Not that I own some LeBrons. Uh, Well, I mean, for $170, that's like a cost of like a good Air Force ones or, you know, like the limited edition. Like, I think the Yeezys are like around that same price that Kanye West shoe, which which are hella ugly in my opinion. Hey, still. I, I, ain't, I ain't having the yay-yays or whatever you want to call them coming <laughs> after me. Yeah, what do they call his fans now? Are they Yeezys or? Idiots. <laughs> anyway, um, 170, first of all, let's, let's take a step back. Should yes. we explain what buddies are? Because I don't even know if people still use that term. Okay, we, we've been throwing this around uh, for a little while. <laughs> buddies. Buddies. When we were kids... Buddies were the names that they gave, like, non-name brand shoes that people were wearing. Basically, knockoffs. So, the best way I can explain it is, when I was a kid, I I was a tomboy. So, for me, even though my mother wanted me to wear dresses and flats and all that stuff, usually my uniform of choice was, like, a t-shirt, a pair of jeans, and then Converse. And I used to collect those Converse, you know, the... The canvas kind that you can get all sorts of really cool colors because, you know, they were mm. Converse and you can wear them anywhere and throw them in the 
washing machine because I was always climbing trees and stuff. Now, the knockoff of the Converse, and I say this lovingly because even the Converse were first, were the Keds, which came out with their own canvas okay. version of it. Mm-hmm. And then the way it was explained to me is the knockoff of the knockoff of the Converse. Usually they look like them and they sell them in the grocery store. You can get them at Playlist where they look like the canvas shoes, but they didn't have like the name bad. So instead of like Converse, they were Onverse shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the ones where you said they came with the little tie that ties them together. Yeah, it had the, like a little plastic tie that was on the side. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes they didn't even like have shoe strings. <laughs> Those were buddies. <laughs> So I say this jokingly, obviously with $170, these are limited edition, they're designed by, you know, apparently artists, I don't know anything about them. So I guess technically they're not buddies, but, you know, they're not the Nike's name brand stuff that you would expect to pay that price for. No, I got the name Mr. Plan behind so, you know, Mr. Plan <laughs> won't come up on you, that's great I love the fact that, I remember back to my dad, he would basically call any shoe that was not, like, your traditional leather lace-up uh, sneaker, he would call those buddies. I mean, like, even back to, like, boat shoes or, like, you know, those, like, off-brand dock shoes. Like, you know, oh, yeah, them some little funny-looking buddy shoes. I'm like, Dad, you, you told me to get some shoes. I got some shoes. You would think those are weird. But, yeah, I remember those. Uh, I wore very uh, interesting shoes when I was younger, but they were really into... Uh, yeah, buddies were uh, those pop brands that literally could just blow up at any point. They were like the straight up milk and cookie shoes. Now, apparently, doing limited edition shoes is kind of like a thing. Okay. Because I was after you told me about that, I had looked, and I don't know if you know, but Dunkin' Donut had their own limited edition sneaker. Yes, yes, they did. Were they called jellies? <laughs> You know, that would have been a really great price. Yeah. <laughs> I could have got that hookup. Got me some jellies. <laughs> but, and not some ugly jelly, like, you know, girl shoes or whatever. But they released them last year, and it was a sneaker that they did for the Boston Marathon. It was made by a a, a name brand company, Saucony. Um, and they, oh, yeah. they did a $2,000. I'm sorry, $2,000. $2,000. No, 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 no. 2000 pair run. Okay. And so they did an honor the Boston Marathon. So get this. Um, in less than a day, they sold out. And those shoes were $110. Okay. A little high. Uh, okay. Upper, upper echelon where I'm hidden. So the Dunkin' Donuts, in case you're wondering what those look like, they were performance shoes. The soles were Dunkin' Orange and Pink. The size of the sneakers were fleck with sprinkles? Sprinkles? <laughs> Okay. And on each heel, the pink cheerful donut rises like the sun. And it actually has printed in pink lettering, America runs on Duncan. Okay, those sound actually kind of cute. They I don't do know sound kind of cute. I don't know if I would pay $110 for them, but they sound kind of low-key adorable. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, though, I know this is, like, off the side, but, with, you know, with the, I know, like, the as you said, the brand placement on their own customized sneaker pimping, like sneakers. I'm thinking if Chicago, like you know, with for the let's say for the Chicago Marathon, had a sneaker uh, representation. I'm trying to think what would be Chicago enough 
Garrett's popcorn. Like Garrett's popcorn, they would have like you know, popcorn sneakers or women like, like some really like high like high deep dish sneakers like sponsored by uh, Gino's East or uh, you know Giordano's or something. No, I'm telling you, they're gonna be Garrett's popcorn, and they're gonna be called the Air Cheddars. The Air Cheddars. Because Garrett's, if you guys have never been to Garrett's popcorn, first of all, you need to come to Chicago and get your life seriously. Um, Garrett's Popcorn is this popcorn place. They have cult status. Everyone knows about it. Halle Berry famously loves Garrett's Popcorn so much that whenever she comes to Chicago, um, usually, who is the guy who usually hooks her up with Garrett's Popcorn? He works for WGN. Is it Skilling? I don't think it's Skilling. I want to say it's like Dean somebody. But... Yeah, yeah, it was Dean, um, yeah. the guy who does the WGN, the Channel 9. Like um, movie reviews. Movie like reviews and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Hallie, when she comes to town, she makes her way there because he usually hooks her up with the Garrett's popcorn. Now, if you go to Garrett's, they're known for their cheese popcorn, which is the world's best cheese popcorn. I don't care what you think. I don't care what other popcorn you've had. Come fight me if you disagree with me. She Seriously. will fight you. Yes. Their cheese popcorn is the business. And, of course, um, the only thing better is the Chicago mix, which is, if you guys don't know anything about it, again, come to the city, get your life. That's when you take a piece of cheese popcorn, you mix it with a caramel um, kernel of their caramel popcorn, and you eat it together. Cheese and caramel. It is just, there are no words. It's just really good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like I'm going to say, I'm I'm the anti-cheese person, so I actually yeah. get I, I get the same caramel corn, but I, I get their fresh butter. But anyway, yeah, air cheddars. The air cheddars. I think that would be good. The air cheesies. The air cheesies? Well, no, I think that actually, if you call them the cheesies, I think it's too close to Yeezy and he may sue them. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. I think that's they. That's right, fam. <laughs> but I do. I think they should come up with their own shoe and call them the cheesies. The air cheesies. Wait a minute. I was like thinking like the Wiener Circle could have. I don't know, some air wieners or something. Oh. But the deep dish pizza? Yeah, I could see that. Like hash little sneakers. Yeah. I like have like each layer like like the crust be like the sole and then you could see like different layers in the shoe. Yeah, That's I can right, totally yeah. see that. Someone come up, see? Hook me up, y'all. Would you pay $170 for them though? No, I'm trying to get sponsorships so I can do bastards <laughs> I'm trying to get them bad boys for free. Hey, <laughs> sneak a pimping, baby. <laughs> I bring mine. No, I'm thinking of like, you know, the perfect Chicago hookup. Give me some air dickers, you know, some pork chop artery chasing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can get some, you know, some Gibson's uh, big steakhouse chop shop, whatever. I can get the hookups. But yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Chicago inspired sneakers for the marathon. That would be kind of dope. Yeah. <laughs> Hook me up. So if you're listening, Garrett's Popcorn. <laughs> Hook me up. <laughs> so anyway, that wraps up our pop culture segment of the week. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will then um, wrap things up with the best thing we ate this week. Okay. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm JJ Outlaw, veteran known as the Gourmet Goober. Let me ask you something. 
do you love conversations about hood snacks? Deep philosophical discussions and why, I don't know, corn dogs should be called meat Twinkies? Or why Love and Hip Hop Atlanta has the right level of ratchet? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might be a goober, which is why you should be a part of our bi-weekly podcast where we tackle life's most important foodie and pop culture questions like why community fries should be a thing. <laughs> and if you love the Gourmet Goober podcast, how about supporting us? You can give us a five-star review on Stitcher and iTunes. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can advertise with us, or you can visit anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober, click the support this podcast button, and put just five on it to help support independent media. So if you're a goober like me, no worries. Just join us here at the Gourmet Goober, be a part of our bi-weekly podcast, and support us now at anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Welcome back. This is JJ Outlaw, and you're listening to The Gourmet Goober. And we are wrapping up our podcast as we do every episode of The Gourmet Goober and sharing what's the best thing we ate this week. So, Big Daddy, as always, I always like to start with you first. What did you have? Man, why do I always want to start first? (laughs) Would you rather I start first? Because I know what I had, and it was really, really good. I can start first. I just, <laughs> you know, I always had to start first. You've never noticed in all these episodes, you've been the one they've always started first? Yeah, because I always bring the hot fire. Wow. Yeah, I bring the goodies, <laughs> to, the, I bring the goodies to the yard, but yeah. Uh, I guess the stuff I bring is like weak toes, huh? <laughs> hey. No, but uh, what did I have that was great this week? Okay, this is from my uh, friend Gina. Uh, she brought, uh, to me and some friends, or, and some coworkers, I would say, friends, not so much, um, something, a concoction that she made in a bowl. I want to call it a pie or a cake, but I remember, and sorry, as a side note, this is, my sister used to make something in a bowl that was kind of a cakeish thing called a death by chocolate. Oh, is that the trifle she used to make? I think so, yes. Yeah. She used to make something like that. And Gina uh, came across a recipe on the Food Network. And she kind of took it and made it her own. I believe it was called an Oreo bomb. And, like, the bomb was with an E or whatever. But she introduced it uh, to, you know, some of the early crew. I put my hands on it. And then I call it my life because this thing had like heavy cream, a little cream cheese, um, some vanilla extract taste. Uh, but it's, you could like eat that thing with ice cream. But Jesus, it had all uh, had some crumbles of Oreo cookies, but also. Full on Oreo cookies chopped up, like blended and everything. And oh my god, this thing was so decadent, I almost cried. If you can get up on the Food Network, look up an uh, Oreo bomb and love that thing, <laughs> get in it. 
become friends with it. <laughs> wow. Because your doctor will become friends with you after you eat it. <laughs> well, two things. One, that sounds amazing. And two, please don't eat a lot of it because I like having you around. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Gina might become my new wife after this. Hey! I'm just kidding. She's, <laughs> she's old and married. <laughs> well, the best thing I had this week, I can enthusiastically say it's probably one of the best things I've eaten in a long time to be in. In fact, um, so let me just set the scene. So I think I've shared before that I work, um, I have a job right now. I mainly work with nonprofits. And the latest nonprofit that I work with is centered in a little neighborhood that's primarily um, a Puerto Rican neighborhood called um, Humboldt, Park. Humboldt Park, which is amazing. It's beautiful, and it's named after a park of the same name, um, and it's right across the street from where I work. Um, but Humboldt Park is a hop, skip, and a jump away from another neighborhood. And if you know anything about Chicago, Chicago is a city that's made up of multiple neighborhoods. It's kind of like New York has the boroughs, but we have more neighborhoods. It's like 77 established ones. And each neighborhood, like, literally, you can go down the street from, like, Humble Park to Wicker Park, which is the nearest one closest to us from where I work. And it's, like, literally, it's a new vibe. Same street, new vibe, because it starts a new neighborhood, okay? So, um, I sometimes, because I'm super busy, and I'm writing grants, and I'm doing multiple things at once, so... Sometimes it's easier for me to order food than actually to go out because it's just hard for me to leave my desk. And Friday was one of those times. So I found myself ordering from this restaurant that's in Wicker Park, which is the next neighborhood over from where I work in Humboldt Park. It's this little cafe. Um, apparently it's been around for years. It's called Cafe Milk and Honey. Okay. Um, they're open seven days a week. Um, they're mainly known for like their breakfasts, um, but they also serve lunch and, you know, they have like homemade granola and all that good stuff. But the one thing that I had on Friday, because even though I very rarely have ever leave my desk at my day job because I'm so busy, mm. like I said before, I think early in the podcast, one of the things that I've been focusing on more is doing self-care and realizing that sometimes I can't be on the computer 24-7. It's good for me to go outside and get sunshine and renew myself and just have time to myself to think. And so Friday, I decided, you know what? I'm going to actually do that. So I ordered lunch from this place. And then okay. I went outside across the street from where I work into Humble Park. And I sat by the batting cages. And I just was there with the quiet and enjoyed the sun and ate. And it was glorious. But the thing I ate was they have this crab cake sandwich that they make. Um, and it's not just crab cake. It's crab cake, and they have, like, um, a chipotle mayo that they make from scratch. And um, so they have this chipotle aioli, and it has shredded lettuce on a baguette. Mm. Very simple. Very simple. It's not, like, a lot of fancy stuff. It's just literally crab cake, the spicy mayo, the shredded lettuce, what they describe is what you get, you know, on the French bread. But I've got to tell you, the crab cakes, first of all, they were amazing. They were substantial crab cakes. They weren't tiny. Um, you could tell they used real crab in it. Um, the breading and everything, it wasn't too heavy. It was just a really perfect balance of, of, of crab cake. Um, 
the mayo wasn't overpowering, but it still gave a good spicy kick. Okay. Um, the baguette was just perfect. So, you know, you know, sometimes when they make a sandwich ahead of time, when you order even a baguette, which is something that has kind of their sturdier, you know, outside crust, uh, sometimes it gets a little soggy or a little stale. No, it's perfect. And it was just such a simple sandwich. But I don't know if it was the sandwich or the combination of the sandwich and where it was, but it just gave me so much joy. And literally, it was one of the first things I had in a long time that I was like legit sad that it was done. <laughs> hmm. So I can honestly say if you ever or in the Wicker Park neighborhood, this little um, place is on division. Um, it's 1920 West Division. I'll put the addresses I've normally done whenever we talk about places in our show notes. Okay. But I do recommend it. It's called Cafe Milk and Honey, and they are amazing. So cannot endorse their crab cake sandwich enough. <laughs> if I had more than two thumbs to give it, I would give it that. But yes, that's definitely the best thing I ate this week. And it was just a perfect way to end the week. So I'm very glad that I had a chance to experience that. So on that note, um, we are going to wrap up this um, episode of the Gourmet Goober. Again, um, you can always find me um, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. As a reminder, you can find us on the at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Where can they find you on the social media, as the kids like to call it? You can find me on Twitter again at T Outlaw, um, T O U T L A W. And you can find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. That's the Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook um, if you want to. But then, of course, it's Facebook. <laughs> well, if you still haven't used Facebook, just so you know, we still have our Facebook page that. Um, although I'll be honest, I'm far more active on Twitter and Instagram than I am on Facebook. But our Facebook, just in case you're looking for us, is the Gourmet Goober blog. Because as a reminder, the Gourmet Goober was a blog before we became a podcast. Um, speaking of that blog, you can always go and head up and see old recipes and stuff I've done. And check out some press clips and things that we've done over the years. Um, as the blog is celebrating the sixth anniversary, you can go to thegourmetgoober.com. And if you want to drop us a line, you can do that. Our email address is thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So we are really glad to be back. We thank everyone for listening. Um, check us out in all the ways that we told us. Give us a tweet. Um, and until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. Meet Twinkies <laughs> with bacon. <laughs> yeah. And